This episode is about drive. It's about power. So we want to thank Buick for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about how they're increasing visibility for women athletes at Buick.com forward slash see her greatness. Sports are a staple in my household. We are always watching games together and cheering on our favorite teams. In fact, I got the chance to be the in arena host for my hometown's NBA franchise team for four seasons. And even though I loved the experience, it was in that arena that I saw the vast differences in the ways men and women in sports are treated. And I think when it comes with gender in sports, it kind of really like pretty much makes everything a lot harder, especially like with women. We kind of experienced that. We're like the varsity boys that have everything and we sit in here with stuff we got to come out of pocket for, but they had sponsors, they had this, they had that. And we're just like, well, why can't we have the same thing, you know? Nowadays, I feel like it's growing a little bit more. You know, the women are starting to get more recognition. We're starting to, you know, get more of a presence on ESPN and SportsCenter and things like that. I spend most of my time around people who inspire me every day. The martial arts, it changes you, but I owe all of it to my coach and to my team. These are the people who actually inspired me to change. I could see what these people were trying to do, and I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be someone who could be a leader. So I'm talking to our guest about representation, power, inclusion, and equality for women in and out of the sports arena. Journalist Jamel Hill and WNBA player Angel McCautry give us deeper insight into the challenges and solutions around equity in the sports industry. You know, as we get into this conversation, how would you introduce who Jamel Hill is and what she does? Well, I probably would just keep it to one sentence, but uh, I guess if I had to list my jobs, um, I am the host of the Spotify podcast, Jamel Hill is Unbothered. I also am co-founder of a production company called Lodge Freeway Media. I'm also producing uh, Colin Kaepernick's 30 for 30, his documentary for ESPN. And last and certainly not least, I will be uh, co-hosting a new show called Speakeasy with my girl, Carrie Champion. That will be on CNN's new streaming service. And that should happen over the course of the next month. The show will debut. What's one thing that you did not know in 1997 when you started (laughs) that you wish you would have known that could have helped you uh, today as you navigate your career? Uh, I definitely would have had better credit. That's for sure. Hello. <laughs> Wait, told me about journalism. That I was like, you make two ninety nine <laughs> per week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but no, in in all seriousness, I think if anything, I would have really had a conversation with my younger self about not putting too much pressure on myself. I mean, it, it's hard especially when you feel like you're the only or one of the few, I think we all carry this in some way where we feel the responsibility of our entire culture, of our entire race, of our womanhood. We feel that entire responsibility in everything that we do. And while it's a responsibility I welcome, you have to also manage that responsibility because what it can do is that it can really be stifling into you figuring out who you are you don't want it to become so big that it really prevents you from finding your authentic self finding your unapologetic self and so I think about when I got my first column job in Orlando and the first six months 
I wasn't very good because I hadn't really found my voice yet. And a lot of it was because at that time I was the only black female sports columnist at a daily newspaper in North America. Notice I didn't say America, North America, one out of 405 daily newspapers. And I felt the weight of that, like the majority of locker rooms I walked into, I was the only woman. I was the only something. Either I was the only woman, the only black person, or the only black woman. I was going to be one of those three or all three at the same time. You know, there's just so many women in spaces from athleticism, sports, business, all different sides that are fighting a lot of battles right now. And there's a lot of fatigue. There's a lot of frustration. And there's a lot of times where people are just going to get to the point where they can throw in the towel. And I'm sure that you face that in your own career. What did you tell yourself to keep going? And what would you tell that young woman who is like, yo, I'm not picking up another basketball because they played with me again and I can't do it right now. What would you tell her about staying the course to keep fighting the fight? Uh, Harriet Tubman didn't get tired. And the only reason why I say this is because somebody, an elder, said that to me. And I was like, I feel real ashamed right now. I was like, why you got to bring Harriet into this? What'd she say? <laughs> you know, she was like, Harriet, tell me did get tired. Why you get tired? I was like, I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. Like, did Harriet get tired? I was like, ooh, she didn't. But that's beside the point, ma'am. Right. <laughs> right. And if I ask you. Uh, no, You're right. right. But Harriet but, did not get tired. Harriet did not get tired. But I think her general point is that we we certainly owe ourselves the luxury of things like self-care, managing our own peace, protecting it. We do owe ourselves that. But when it comes to the larger fight, when it comes to the big picture things of what we are going for, equity, respect, dignity, humanity, all those things, mm-hmm. we can't afford to give up. Because mm-hmm. the truth is, is that this is bigger than you. And you have to be committed to something that is bigger than yourself. And so I know we've all hit that crossroads. I mean, I haven't hit the crossroads of wanting to quit. Mostly it's just been from a frustrating standpoint where I just am like, why do I care so much? I shouldn't care so much. But then I realized that it's just embedded in my DNA. I can't leave this the way I got it. I just Mm -hmm. can't do that because then it feels like a real failure. Like it's great that I've been able to do some cool things and win a couple of awards and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the legacy is, is what you leave to the folks coming behind you. I need to leave this profession better than what I got. And I consider myself really lucky. There were a lot of women who fought some battles that I didn't have to wage. And I think we all need to have that attitude is like, let me fight this battle so that I know that the next young sis that comes up behind me or even somebody who comes up alongside of me who just comes to the room after me she don't have to fight that because I already did it and won and so the goal now is to make sure that we're not only seen and heard but we are empowered with how we view the world as well because like it, it doesn't make any sense to have you know a black woman in a room if you're not going to actually listen to her or if you're not going to actually put her in a position where she can lead or put her in a position where she can make decisions like that, the the representation is great. The power is even better. And if you don't like it, as my former co-host Michael Smith used to say, you will learn to like it. Hello. (laughs) And there, and that's all you need. Hello. You will learn to like it. We see a lot of women now who are, just leading and trailblazing in sport in all all types of ways. We've got Naomi saying, look, I'm not 
going to play this time. I, I am not okay. And I think that's so brilliant. We've got the women in the WNBA leading literal charges to change the world during many protest times, not just in 2020. They've been about it and they're still going to be about it. And so, you know, I, I have to ask you, what do you think has changed or has much changed? Because it looks like there's a lot changing within women's sports and how we see them and how we view them and how we support them. Uh, from someone on the inside of it, have things changed truly or are we getting the hype around women's movements and it just happens to coincide with what women are doing in sports? So I think the answer is you're getting a little bit of both. You're getting a little bit of the fact that the times are evolving, things are changing. And when I was coming up, women being good at sports, while it wasn't an anomaly, it was still a little bit of a novelty. You know, not that they didn't have sports programs everywhere, but women being good and being assertive about being good, that was sort of hit or miss. Now, yeah. you know, you mentioned Naomi Osaka. I would say Simone Biles in this category Serena Williams, too, is that Hello. they operate from the space of what we not going to do. And I think that's the difference in the mentality of today's female athlete. They have so mm. much more agency because mm. they have the tools to empower themselves. They don't actually have to rely on anybody else to do it. They have their own social media. They have their own direct relationship with their own fans. Now that we have athletes in college being able to profit off name, image, and likeness, that's really going to help female athletes because they are the ones, they have millions of followers, right? Millions. Millions. That is money. That is currency. And so I think because of this general empowerment movement, you're seeing a lot more women being very, very vocal about their boundaries, very vocal about what they want. And that has always been there and lived in that space to some extent. I certainly don't mean this as a diss or disrespect to any of the men. But the thing is, women, we were born with this idea or came into this world. No, we always had to fight for respect. Always. Like everything was going to be a fight. So that's why when you see the WBA players organizing so efficiently around mm. getting Senator Raphael uh, Warnock elected in Georgia around coming out against a former team owner who said some racist things about the Black Lives Matter movement. The reason that they're on point is because they used to this fight. This ain't nothing to do. Black women are showing up and showing out. Whether we're playing on courts or holding court as we report from the sidelines, the passion, the energy, the intensity. And if you haven't seen all that, it's time to take note. We put power in our performance, break records and barriers. We've got the skill, the swagger, and the dare to be great. Don't sleep on women athletes. You might miss some of the best moments in the arena of life. Buick wants you to tune into women's sports. Learn how they're increasing visibility for women athletes at Buick.com forward slash see her greatness. Okay, more than that, family, I'm so honored. To have Angel McCautry here, who is going to speak to us about all that she does as an athlete, as a business owner, as a woman who is taking up space in sports, um, as one of the most impactful athletes of the last decade that I've seen and watched just grow tremendously every single time. But take me back to little Angel. What was your upbringing like? What was it like growing up? Uh, and and when did you fall in love with basketball? I'm from the DMV too. So, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, grew up in Baltimore. And 
I started playing basketball at eight and I really fell in love with it. Now, here's the thing, right, about being a basketball player, especially during that time. We're talking about what? Mid 90s. You're the only girl out there playing. Mm. They're just not a group of girls out there with the guys. And I love basketball. So you've been called a tomboy and this and that. And it's like I hated that word Mm. because it's like women play sports. Why do we have to be a tomboy? Because we play sports. We just, That's it. it's okay to play sports and be a woman. So during that time I had that, um, you know, that name. And then people will always call me the basketball girl. Oh yeah. You know, the basketball girl, mm. you know? So, but growing up, I would say, um, always playing with, with the guys on the court. That's where I got my toughness. I, I credit mm. them. I got my teeth knocked out. I got beat up out there. I, Cause I told them when I got out there, I said, look, I want to play and you guys are going to treat me like I'm one of you. You're not going to play me like a girl, whatever the case. And they're like, all right. And so as I grew up, just that toughness carried over to me playing in the real game. And I would get knocked down by a female and I would just get right back up. So that really helped. And and, and just that, that atmosphere being in Baltimore, it's a tough city. But playing sports, it really helped keep you focused and out of trouble. So I really credit the sport to a lot in my life. It really built my character because I feel like uh, growing up, I had more challenges in the sport than probably I can remember in just average life. I should say I didn't play a lot. Coach didn't play me. So you deal with uh, character issues and self-esteem, how to work hard. That's big in it. It's like, okay, coach is not playing me. I don't know why, because I feel like I'm just as good as anyone else. But, okay, I got to work hard. And then, you know, you work on being on time. My coach used to say, you know, five minutes early is on time and being on time is late. And another, uh, my college coach used to say, if basketball was easy, everybody would do it. Mm. You know what I mean, Gia? Like, if having a podcast was just easy, everybody just have a podcast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What you're doing is so special. You know what I mean? And, and I don't think people realize, like, their gift is special because everybody would do it if it wasn't. Come on in here with the word today, Angel. <laughs> Can't even deal with you. No, that's drop so just a little true. Dime. Just drop just a, a little, little gem. A just little, a little just gem. A little, yeah, drop a little, a little in, the, gem. in the ocean. Just dropped it for us. D- don't get me wrong, Gia. Does any Olympian ever feel like getting up all the time, working so hard to do this? No. They don't. We mm. don't. Mm. But what makes you an Olympian is that you do it anyway. What are the biggest things that you hope the WNBA is able to improve on to make it easier for players and athletes to feel supported? You know, I think they can help with marketing. They just got $75 million in marketing. So it's like, okay, let's see what they're going to do with it. Because people don't know half the WNBA. They don't know Hello. their names. They don't know who they are. It's like, have you ever met LeBron James? <laughs> yes. Once. Oh, you have? Okay. Yes. But... You don't know him personally, right? I don't know him. Can't text him. Nope. You don't know him personally, but you feel like you know him because you see him so much. Yeah. You see his, you see his likeness. So imagine if, if they see our likeness, mm. they'll feel like they know us. And then when they feel like they know us, they'll come to the game. Because when I meet people all the time, I'm like, they're like, oh, you play basketball. And it's like, I want to come to a game because they met me. Now mm. they got to, to know me. So if they know us, and that comes with marketing us, People will come to the game, no problem. But they don't know who they're coming to watch. Does that make sense? So imagine yes. if you went to an NBA game, you didn't know who you were coming to watch. You don't know anybody's name in the NBA. You're just coming to watch them. What's the interest level? 
And so for our, for us viewers, for us audience listeners, for our more than that listeners, what are the biggest ways you need audiences to show up so that the WNBA can continue to grow and y'all ain't got to play overseas in a million other places right? Um, to, to do what you want to do? I would say um, get to know our stories. I think once you get to know our stories, you will fall in love with us because we have some amazing women. You will fall in love with us in our league. Mm. And buy the tickets and go to the games. And here's another thing. I always tell somebody, come, come watch a game. If you don't like it, I'll refund your ticket. I haven't had to refund a ticket yet. Hello? <laughs> go watch the game. Look Now, Angel, don't tell all these people that we in 106 markets. <laughs> She's not going to refund everybody's okay. Look, but no, I think that- but but the point is like they enjoyed they were like wow you know yes. what I mean so yeah yes yeah. please everybody please go support if you can't make it to Minnesota there is there are many teams many DC teams. we 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 already know we got the Mystics we got Atlanta yeah. up there killing it yeah we got champions um yeah. so I love to see that grow like seeing you know John and Brad pull up to the games helped because the Wizards would post it and then the Wizards fans would see it like I love it when the teams support each other mm-hmm. in the city, the local cities too. Exactly. So that's, that's super important. Yeah. Um, and so knowing some of the difference in sports and how we're treated and how we're seen in these different arenas, why do you think women still continue to show up and play the game in the way that you all do? It's probably one answer to that question. The love of the game, hmm. the love of the game. You just love what you do. Yeah. And to wake up loving what they say, I read a statistic. It was high. Maybe it was about 80% of Americans wake up not loving what they do. Yeah. That's that's a lot of people waking up mad. Yeah. Right? Yep. I don't want to wake up mad. I want to wake up loving what I do. Now, I love playing basketball. This And this is something I've been doing since I was eight. And I love it. And it's fun. And I get to wake up and have fun. There are a lot of young players right now who are going through a lot. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Well, ending a pandemic. It's covid we got a lot going on and a lot of people have decided to like put down the ball for sure. And you've been through those moments. What would you have said to young Angel if you were ever in that dark moment where you felt like, you know what, these coaches aren't seeing me. This is dumb. I don't need to play anymore. What would you tell an athlete or a young woman who is an athlete that is ready to give up? Why should she continue to show up for her for what she loves to do? I would I would say relax, baby girl. It's going to be okay. Mm. And it's literally that simple. Mm. Use it, baby girl. Use this game to take you across the world. Use this game to get that scholarship. Use that game to do whatever you want to do. Because I promise you, you put in the work, the hard work for it, it's going to pay back to you in double. I promise you. When it comes to competing, the journey to women's equity never ceases to amaze me. We obviously still have a lot of work to do, but we are absolutely making it easier for the next generation of girls to breeze through the doors that we are working so hard to keep open right now. This conversation was so important. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to our guests. And thank you, Buick, for sponsoring this episode. Head to Buick.com forward slash see her greatness to learn how they're increasing visibility for women athletes. Next week, join us for our final episode of the season where we're talking about all things tech. Remember to check out our show notes for all the resources mentioned in the show. Don't forget to hit subscribe, give us a good rating, and follow us at More Than That Show on all platforms.